Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call 601 992 6000. From the trees over your head to the lawn you hate to mow and everything green in between. Garden Mama's here to help you keep on growing. Still the empress of everything green. Here's your horticulture maven, Garden Mama Nellie Neal on Super Talk Mississippi. Hello, hello, hello. My goodness. Who would have thought? If just in the grand scheme of things, that the second new moon after the winter solstice would be such a huge and momentous day as today is. Okay, what is she talking about? Well, welcome into the Garden Mama Show and you'll find out. Guess what? Today is, I know, depending on what you're looking towards, all right? Valentine's Day is Wednesday next week. Mardi Gras is Tuesday next week. Monday, I suppose a couple of people might get a nap because Sunday is the Super Bowl. But today, my friends, is everything all about Gung Hei Fat Troy, which is basically the the garbled pronunciation for, of me saying Happy New Year. It, this is the Korean New Year. This is the Chinese or the Lunar New Year. This is um, Lozar in, in Nepal. This is the same thing. This is the New Year of that particular lunar calendar. Um, Tet Nguyen Don from Vietnam. This is this is. There's so many pieces of this puzzle that give you the opportunity to just start today with grand celebrations and go all the way through the middle of next week. I hope you have a few days off from work. So that also, because guess what? There is going to be, there's there's rain, a lot of rain right now in the northern part of our listening area or our, our primary listening area. going to be some more tomorrow everywhere else. But that doesn't stop you from cooking and enjoying and talking to some folks and, you know, trying to decide who's going to do what. And... Yeah, you might even get out to the garden center. Take a look at those trees that you'd like to plant. Take a look at the soil you want to improve. I'm in the soil improvement business myself. Um, You may or may not know that I was once known as the compost queen. I take that title very happily, even though it does have a few obvious implications. But here's the deal. If you're doing that now, you'll be better off in six weeks. If you're building the bed now or if you're replenishing the organic matter in a bed that exists or if you're building soil to put into containers for your spring garden, any of those things that you do right now, if you let them mellow for a little bit, you're going to be better off. Now, on the other hand, the soil that you prepared last fall is ready for you to plant potatoes. So we got a lot to talk about. What's on your garden mind today? 888-808-8637. That is the Super Talk call line. And, of course, 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line. Trey is up early with us today. Thank you very much for that. That's so pretty. <laughs> you know, I, I do love... Um, Compound group nouns, you know, group just group descriptions, a pod of whales, uh, that sort of thing, a flight of crows. Th- those always tickle me. But I really do like a loveliness of ladybugs. Thank you, Trey. That's beautiful. 
that was that was going on on one of my rose bushes last week, and I said, well, there must be aphids here. <laughs> They're getting some lunch anyway. And the aphids will not be there long. You know how much I appreciate the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. They are they investigate some of the oddities of the the green world and many other things too but i'm i'm always interested in their plant biology stuff they have been studying a species of tree fern now if you don't happen to know what tree ferns are the words can sound kind of like an oxymoron but they actually are exactly that they're trunked creatures you know trunked plants that are sort of fuzzy like a palm trunk in in most cases, but they aren't. They don't look quite like that. They have a different cast to them. They're usually very dark, and if they have ridges, they're going to be big ridges that are exaggerated on the trunk. Then, when you get to the top of the plant, it literally looks like a fern sprouted out of a stick, and that's what's so fun about tree ferns because that's how they work. But they have found a species that only exists in in Panama, actually can do what we all wish would happen every single day in our garden. This plant reanimates its own dead leaf fronds. That means it's dead and it comes back to life. This is our our newest zombie experience in the plant world. We have several, but this is one of them. They, they, the dead leaf fronds become root structures, and that in turn feeds the mother plant so that it is able to leave. It, it reverses. Interestingly enough, it reverses the flow of water to bring nutrients back into the plant instead of continuing the decomposition with the the accompanying dehydration. That's really cool if you think about it. And the fact that they were even interested enough to have, to have this thing sit around and study it, Cyathea rojasiana, I'm sorry, I didn't know that word, um, it, it's just really cool to me. They were actually studying, of course, a different plant, and that sometimes that's the best way to to get a bit of research to go along is to have it actually be about something else. So this is truly a novel repurposing, as they say, of the tissue. And indeed, other ferns are not reported to do this. This is a this is a one off and very, very cool. They're reporting in the journal Ecology in case you needed to get a handle on some of all of that um, for more information. I think it's great myself. I love the idea of. Plants. One of the things that always has fascinated me is the first time that I went to visit somebody who grows African violets seriously at their house. And they rooted the plants from leaf cuttings, from leaves, individual leaves. I know that that's possible, but the first time you see that or the first time you see a piggyback plant or the first time you see a mother of thousands with the little plant on the edge of the leaf – it's just wonderful. It's one of those pieces of magic that, that growing plants and gardening gives us that, frankly, is, well, as they say, usually cheaper than therapy. Anna's in Oxford. Come on in and tell me what's going on with the Master Gardeners. How are you today? Oh, I'm just fine. Good. And uh, I wasn't sure you'd be on because I thought maybe it'd be all about football. But, oh, here we go. <laughs> here we are. Um, uh, the Master Gardeners are putting on their lecture series once again. Good. And uh, it's going to be at the uh, city library, mm-hmm. um, the Oxford Library, uh, at noon on Thursday, uh, March the 7th. Mm-hmm. I know we're in advance here, but... That's okay. I can get it on the calendar. It's going to be about landscape sustainability. Fun. And the presenter will be Dr. Chris Cooper. Oh, fun. So that's really and going to be a good time. Yeah, and I, I thought, well, you know, I'll tell you now. Maybe I'll tell you next week until we actually mm-hmm. get to the actual March the 7th. That's just great. Just so we can remind and, you. And people. anybody can come. Everybody's invited. 
That's right. It's free, and we have cookies and I love that. <laughs> really, really wonderful group and of master gardeners in Oxford. Y'all are, y'all are always doing stuff you're always fun to hear about. Well, it's uh, the library is so convenient for everybody. That's great. And uh, so we, we decided to have it. It's at noon, mm-hmm. noon until mm-hmm. 1. Well, you, you, you may understand that at this point in time, I'm in the midst of getting the calendar together for this. May not, this is not actually the first event that somebody wants me to post, but it's close and I'm running out of time. But I'm going to get it done. So thanks <laughs> okay, for the thank info. You very much. All right. Now, is, is it raining Bye-bye. in Oxford this morning? Uh, not yet. Not but, yet. Um, they say it's gonna. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> imagine it will. be having a major storm. It, well, that's what that's what I'm worried about. So y'all be careful. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. Yeah, I'm going to be here for a couple of days. <laughs> that's right. Take care. That's a, it's really something when we we think about. It's almost it's it's February, friends. It's going to be March the seventh before you know it. So, <laughs> just, college well, baseball season is literally a week and see, a half away. A minute from now, it feels like, and, and all of it. I mean, January lasted about three months. Feel, <laughs> now all of a sudden we're in, if, rolling if through February. February doesn't last too long. No, and see, it is leap year though. See something else to celebrate. Do you know anybody that has a birthday? That, I have I have a relative that had a birthday on the 29th, and he was fond of telling us that he was, you know, three or whatever he was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I never understood all that as far as from the math side. But people, uh, I have met folks that say that they have a leap year birthday or mm-hmm, something. and mm-hmm. yeah, They only get to celebrate every four years. Right. So, uh, it would be nice if that slowed down the aging process, and that was some kind of uh, Superman quality yeah, guy, but I don't think fun? it is. Yeah. I don't think that'll work. I don't think that'll work. I do know something that will work, however, and that is taking a walk. You may not. Uh, you may. You may want to put on uh, uh, put a, put an umbrella over your head, or you may want to put on a jacket with a just in case it, it ends up raining on you later on or something. But this whole time of year is so charming and fascinating to take just take a walk. It's not hot, it's not really cold, and it's frankly good for your head. It's really good for your brain. It gives you a chance to think about things you don't think about the rest of the time. You do have to leave the, not necessarily leave the phone at home, because we all know that if you fall, somebody needs to be able to know that you fell by your phone telling them or whatever it is, your watch or any of those, th- those things. But it's, it's absolutely true that you need to disconnect mentally for a little bit of time hopefully every day, but certainly every week, to give your brain a chance to heal and, and frankly, go back and, and take a look at the stuff that you did or learned this particular week. Sometimes it's a matter of understanding that problem that will solve itself. I've always been um, hopeful that I could think about a problem before I went to sleep at night, and in the morning maybe the solution would occur to me. It works occasionally, but I, I do think taking a walk is probably better for that. The research coming to us now from the University of Utah, which is a beautiful place to walk sometimes of the year, tells us that it actually does enhance your ability to focus and pay attention to things afterwards. Um, between, you know, John Muir, Henry David Thoreau, anybody you want to talk about that wrote about nature always talked about that time spent in nature is good for your insides, you know, as well as your outsides. And these are the things that these particular researchers are trying to understand about your brain using actually EEGs, electroencephalography. Ooh, that was hard. I should have said that faster. Anyway, it, it, it does put the little discs on your scalp stuff, you know. Y'all have had that. 
measures your attentional capacity. And what they found is that the walk in nature enhances that. Well, that's going to be good for anybody, isn't it? There's a story that I don't like this week. It's not a story. It's research results. But I don't have to like all of them. And in this particular case, I'm a little bit skeptical about it. There are thoughts that what we're looking at, these experiences of getting out into nature being particularly beneficial for people of a particularly lower income level than anybody else. I understand why they studied this. It's it's Austrians, and they were trying to – Look at the stress levels that people who don't have enough income to to take care of themselves like as they would want to are affected by that situation, and what could remedy it, you know, short of medications and and large infusions of money, because those are not what they wanted to do. So what they found was that of the things that they searched through and researched, people to do things that going outside into nature did help them. I have to say, it's going to help everybody. It just may be that people who have somewhat more means have the have the opportunities to get outside a little more often or a little bit more mobility to get out and take a walk. But it is it's something that is valuable for everybody. So it's kind of odd to me that that was how they focused it. But as, as I say, they were trying to understand stress and economies, and then you know, okay, we well, can study that. It's an interesting thing to tell me. I do think that this week of planting potatoes could be really terrific. I am, I'm trying to get there. I have the leaf mold and I have the fence piece. You know, to, you know how I like to do these in a circle. I'll make a circle about three feet around, three feet across rather, of wire and then fill it with leaf mold and soil and whatnot. Plant the potatoes about six inches above that, you know, in six inches of that stuff. And then as they grow, of course, you add more leaves and whatnot so that you get plenty of stem and plenty of places for the potatoes to form. It's not hard to do, and it it would be a really, really good time to do that. It's also a really, really good time to plant onions and shallots and all of the alliums. Uh, I found a package of leek seeds that I didn't know I had. And in a drawer, which I don't know why they're there, but you know that's life. So I'm gonna I'm gonna plant them. They may come up. They may do fine. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Interestingly enough, oh good, people enjoying the Lunar New Year and wishing one another that you in general you wish the person prosperity in the new year. And uh, that sounds pretty good to me. Uh, that's a pretty good wish for any time or another. But, Andy, I appreciate that. I'm glad to hear about it. Oh, good. Sarah really loves the, the shirt. Yay, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Of course. And if you would like a Garden Mama T-shirt, send us a text and tell us that you would and tell us your physical address because we can't mentally send them to you we can't send them in the email we, we have to send them in the real mail but we will do that and we're happy to as a matter of fact there's some bunch of research going on at university amherst the university of massachusetts amherst and this has been going on for quite some time i am you know we we, we talk about the the world changing a bit in terms of its temperatures and, and in some places very radically in terms of sea level and these these kinds of issues where the glaciers are falling off and the various things are going on that are that are the result of the changing aspects of our climate the one of the big pieces is the thought that plants can't get up and walk 
you know, animals can move a little bit further either inland or up the hill or, you know, whatever they need to do, it is thought. Some can and some can't, but it is thought that that is more likely to be able to be a possibility than for plants to do that. These particular researchers are trying to understand how does this happen other than their seeds getting caught on some animal that's moving to a cooler climate. You know, we recognize that that would be, that would be helpful. But what they're trying to understand is instead of thinking of it in a straightforward fashion, they're trying to think of it in terms of the whole ecology. And possibly what they are working on is that there are, there's identification being made of really interesting compounds that change in the plant when the situation changes. This is not only valuable to us for understanding about the the changing climate on the plants and those ecosystems, but it can also be really valuable, I think, for us to understand in terms of how we grow plants. That if we great if we realize that the, we do need to understand these interactions, and I mean this is down this is down at the pectin level. This is teeny tiny stuff but at the same time if we understand that and we can boost it then we will get a better result with plants that perhaps have a greater ability to grow in different places Um, we were talking this week about corn trials to get corn to be a better product product here and that can put up with the humidity and greater and still produce great quantities as they do in the midwest we, do, we did that with rice here. It's an interesting thing to contemplate. How do we get into the molecules and boost them so that our plants can do better in the conditions that they face? I like it. Thanks very much for being here this morning. Come back around. We've got a lot to do here on the Garden Mama Show. Superior. It's more than a name. It's a promise that we make to our customers to provide you the highest quality U.S. farm-raised catfish at your favorite restaurant, your family reunion, or on your dinner table. Hey, this is Steve Azar, and I want to let you know that with Superior Catfish, you know the next bite is as good as the first, time after time. Made possible by your friends and neighbors here in Mississippi. Remember, there's catfish, then there is Superior Catfish. Hi, I'm Sammy the Shovel, reminding you how important it is to call 811 at least three working days before you dig anywhere in or around any homeowner's yard. It doesn't matter if you're putting in a new mailbox, installing a fence, French drain, sprinkler system, even a flower bed. You need to call 811 at least three working days before you dig, or you could end up responsible for a water line leak, utility line with gas or propane, or even worse, safety is in your hands. Call 811 every dig, every time. You dig? Pizza's here. Oh, great. I'd love some, but I'm worried about my stomach issues. If you're worried about having diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools, it may not just be stomach issues. It could be a condition called exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. With EPI, the pancreas doesn't release enough enzymes to break down food, but EPI is manageable. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. 
This world is a crazy mixed-up place. Most of that is out of my control. But at Gateway Rescue Mission, we do what we can control right here at home in Mississippi. We offer a meal when someone is hungry, a warm bed at night, help for someone struggling with an addiction. In doing so, we try to make our little corner of the world a better place. Look us up at www.gatewaymission.org. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Quality vehicles, affordable prices. Pinnacle. This just in from Pinnacle Motors. Now for a limited time, all in-stock Ed Sheds are 20% off. That's right, 20% off. Now for a limited time, all in-stock Ed Sheds are 20% off. Need that new shed, building, or carport? Now for a limited time, all in-stock Ed Sheds are 20% off. Now back to our regular programming. Pinnacle Motors, Highway 471 at Baker Lane and Vine has that car, truck, or SUV and trailer for all your needs. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. find a song that has a four-leaf clover in it you know we appreciate mr townsend's lyrics i find myself the the more the older the music gets the fewer pieces of it actually stand out and there's some stuff from the who that just will never go never go away from me i just i mean i'm a big fan it's just i don't think there's a better era uh, well, thank you. Of, of, you, know, you know, there just isn't. <laughs> and, and the music's great, though. I love listening to it, cutting it up and you know, slicing it up and looking at different pieces of it. It's just the, the depth of the music seems to be much uh, more broad. And, yeah, and, and And during that period, too, the seems like culture was I'm, I'm much just, different. I'm just going to go ahead. The world changed oh, 60 yeah. years ago. Man. First appearance of the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan that show was this week. This past week, like yeah, Thursday, if I remember, or mm-hmm. Wednesday. The show uh, I mean, itself, of course, was on Sunday, but it's when the date yeah, fell. Yeah, the date so. fell, right. There's been a lot of things happen, like Super Bowl winner 
on this day, yeah. and it was a Tuesday, and like, man, yeah. you know, that ain't, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's it right. doesn't Calendars. work that way. you yeah. got to count some that's numbers That's why we have there. leap year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's number, the same thing. Number work in there. But anyway, there's just – there. I'm, I'm, I've been around long enough to be able to say, yeah, it was something there. Now, there's a lot now. There's a lot of magnificent music coming out. It's just very different music. Oh, it's much cleaner. From, yeah, it's much from cleaner old-time and, rock and yeah, roll. Yeah. And, and in some cases – more refined. We, we had there was so much music that there was a lot of it that was terrible. Oh, but yeah. there was a lot that and there stood was a, out. to me. There's a lot more. As Paul and I laugh about the one hit wonders, we try to find some of those oh, sure. and play those them in whatever genre it may be. Uh, but there was a lot more in that era. You, you yeah. can go back and find a, a band that just boom, they hit it and they that was it. I mean. <laughs> there, there were there were music con- there were co- recording contracts, right? And that, yeah. that's a really rare thing now. It, and then regarding the number of people that. Play music, mm-hmm. and you know, perhaps put it on the internet or whatever they do with yeah, it to so try and get it heard. Accessible. You know, play the local bar band that kind of stuff. Usually has to turn into something else before you ever get a recording contract. Mm-hmm. And back in the when there were people that went out and actually looked for those bands. Mm-hmm. Well, those guys don't exist anymore because yeah. there's there were. The, I think the whole thing got too big. But anyway, that's another. Well, and, and before we get back, who who did you pick this week on the Super Bowl? Was it San Francisco? You went with San I'm going Francisco. West Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you went San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Did you have a number in there as far yeah. as the score? I went. 27, 23, I think, with KC. So that was the. I think that might be that might be a little bit high scoring. You think so? Yeah, I mean, there were some much, um, uh, some of the like Dixon are, and Paul. They the reason much higher. The, the, they do, but and I'm going the other direction simply because anytime you put two quarterbacks up is the thing. This is going to be high scoring. Do you have any idea how much that wakes up the defense? Oh, yeah, everybody's <laughs> you know, prepping for that. You know, exactly. Not that they – I mean, they just want to make sure that it stays within a realm mm-hmm. that, that they can appreciate. Well, it's a two-point or one-and-a-half with – I'm sure. I believe San Francisco is the favorite. Yeah, which is never and, good. Well, <laughs> you don't know, like to be so the favorite. Close. I don't it, like mine to be the well, favorite. Well, I guess they're saying it's going to be a field there, goal type game. There, yes, yes. And that would be – you always want it to be a good game. 20 to 17. You want to spend – you want the weather to be nice enough so you can enjoy being out. I know you had some plans to, to get some stuff cooked up, yep. uh, traditional. Yep, yep. Uh, this is all wings this all weekend. Wings this is the wing and, weekend. And uh, but yeah, hopefully it'll be good weather. People can have it'll be a great game. And then when you have to go back to work Monday, it's uh you know it's something to talk about and enjoy. Hopefully it won't be a blowout. We need that that stat. And a rainy day and blowout. We need we need those. That's not good. Yeah. We we need that stat that tells us how many people already took a vacation day on Monday. From their right? Jobs. Did you see some of the? The uh, p- ticket prices at this point oh. were eighty five hundred bucks uh, up to yeah. like forty thousand, yeah, and oh man, it's it's outrageous. No, that's crazy. That's, Although that's, it's a great game, I, I don't see myself being at that on, on that pay, payment plan where I could afford no, no, or don't really want to spend that kind of money. I think on a game, but that's I, me. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to in my own conscience. Let's just say you had it. Yeah, if, <laughs> if, if I had it and it was extra, I would actually give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Because, I, I mean, I just think it's, that's great, but, you know, that, that's a you lot of You can buy money. a tiny home for that, you, I think. Well, that's, I could probably buy two for the price of some of those tickets. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. But, at any rate, now we move directly on to there's so many things going on in the world of Mardi Gras and Valentine's and all that sort of stuff. I have actually seen people with Valentine hearts on their Mardi Gras beads. You know, it's just ridiculous. Whatever y'all are celebrating, enjoy it. I know it's it's gumbo day in the, in the neighborhood here. 
There's all kind of things going on. A lot of folks, though, are just getting ready to have some friends over and, and watch a good football game. And that's okay. That's what I like. I'm actually looking forward to that. There's there's never a question of there being enough games. <laughs> Trey, that's funny. We've got um, we have some remarks we're not going to share. Thank you, Trey. This is <laughs> I have no idea what that next one is about. It's for you, so I'm just going to move back into my piece of guess what I found. My problem, one of my problems, might be cured, y'all. Results are in from a spiral-shaped lens. Now, I've not seen a picture. I don't know what I will look like with this thing on me. But it maintains clear focus at different distances in varying light conditions. I need this in my glasses. <laughs> I really do. Then I could drive at night better. I could do. There's all kind of things I could do better if I could see more clearly in different conditions of light without the distortions that are typical there. Um, progressive bifocal lenses, for those of you who don't happen to have any, um, will sometimes cause the, the lights and things to be bigger, to appear bigger than they are, or sometimes they appear farther away, different things like that. They'll just distort stuff. But it could really help um, in terms of the interocular implants after cataracts and, of course, for repairs of, of eyes that have been damaged in some other way, but also maybe contact lenses. Hmm. What do you think? Something that uh, something that could happen. Okay, now, I, you know, I always want to be in Ocean Springs. But this picture now, oh, my goodness. All right. All right, Debbie, we're, we're, uh, we're getting in the car. <laughs> I'm going to find somebody to ride to Ocean Springs. This is beautiful food. Beautiful, beautiful food. How much fun is that? Thanks for showing us. This is, in fact, what we're all doing, of course. We're getting ready for the spring planting. We're getting ready for the rose pruning. We're getting ready for the potato planting. We're getting ready for all of these parties and all of this going on that's happening. And why not? You know, it's really a lot of fun. Oh, that's beautiful. If you're coming in to visit us at supertalk.tv, you're going to see some very cool things today. Um, and I, I know I sent a couple, but the, the ones that are already here from other folks are even better. Even better. When I was a kid, I was placed in the boys' section of the choir. Now, they didn't tell me that's what they were doing. They put me at the edge of the girls where it met the boys, but it was because I was actually a tenor. <laughs> I'm an alto in the female names of things. But my voice range, my range is, has always been a lower pitch than usual. Penn State says, tells me now that uh, it's a good thing. I've never had anybody make fun of my voice. I've had them ask me where I'm from. I've had them ask me a lot of questions about it. Anybody else in your family talk like that? You know, that sort of stuff. Yes, they do. But at any rate, lower pitch in voice makes women and men sound more attractive. Who knew? I certainly didn't, and I can't. I cannot prove this from my experience, but lower voice pitch in males makes the individual, among other males, sound more prestigious. So if you have to practice, perhaps you want to lower the pitch of your voice. This was a cross-cultural study that was working on the implications in understanding how humans evolve their speech, you know, how we develop what we say and how we say it, but also how our appreciation of other people's voices has begun to be measurable. 
I don't know that we paid as much attention to it, um, perhaps before there were so many recordings, whether it's music or, or audios or whatever it is. But by looking at the edited clips um, about average pitch, and when they found those, then they turned out right around and found a higher pitched and lower pitched version of that. And when they looked it all together, what they found was that these lower pitched voices made the sound, the person hearing it feel like they were, that person was going to be more attractive, um, was going to be formidable, prestigious, and also flirtatious. I say don't judge a book by its cover and don't judge a voice necessarily either. But it is interesting to think about how, think about measuring that sort of stuff. Whose voices are you attracted to? Do you, do you like, um, you know, do you like a soprano, a contralto? Do you like a, a, a high pitched operatic voice? Do you prefer, I don't know, one of my, some, some, some of the best bass players in the world don't sound like their instruments at all, but Leland Sklar kind of does. <laughs> so his own, his voice is deep pitched too. Anyway, just something to consider when you listen to people, you might want to wonder why you're listening to them. One of the questions that has come to me frequently and that I tried to answer this week in the All Things Garden Mama newsletter has been about pruning. Last week I put in a, week before last now, I put in a a, a graphic of the different kinds of fruit tree pruning that is traditional, the, the open base and then, of course, the central leader and then the one in between, which is the modified central leader. Well, I had so many questions asking me for more information about that that I addressed it this week. And the most comments that I have gotten, the newsletter went out yesterday at noon, so I haven't. I usually hear a whole lot more by Monday from people. But yesterday I got three notes back saying, is that really a rabbit? <laughs> it's a picture of a topiary that is, in fact, a rabbit that is about four times taller than the human being standing next to it. And people do that. The whole business, whether it's whether it's topiary or bonsai, really, these are very specific kinds of pruning, and they give you a different reaction in your own head too, because it's precision as opposed to making sure they're going to bloom again or making sure they don't, you know, hang out into the driveway, <laughs> cause your car to get racked. So that's why we end up cutting things a lot of times is for practical reasons. But when it comes to evergreen topiaries and bonsais in a, in a bowl. This, that's a different thing altogether. I think it's really interesting that we, we can pay a little bit of attention to that. Specialized pruning and, and yet very, very routine in its own way keeps the new growth coming to that topiary because that's what you're having to do. You're having to grow it so that it is continuously leafed out in the shape that you have created. Now, yes, some people will start with a, a form and grow something over it. But the, the true topiaries are big old evergreen bushes that somebody looked at in the way that I imagine a sculptor looks at a chunk of rock and sees something that if you're going to be a sculptor, you have to know where you're going, right? And you see what that is. Well, the same thing is true in the pruning world. You've got to be able to see what you're going to result this in. And that's why sometimes I think people that do topiaries have a little bit more imagination than the rest of us. I have never looked at a, I don't know, Japanese yew tree that was, you know, four feet tall and three feet wide. I've never looked at that and, and seen 
a curly-cued flower. <laughs> but there are people who will do that. They will literally trim that into that because they can see it and they can maintain it. It's a really specific kind of maintenance. And it does still require, of course, fertilizers and, and those other, you know, pest control and that thing. But But the bigger thing is I see a blob and somebody who's into topiary sees a rabbit. So that's how that's how that got there. I thought it was interesting. Um, it seems so long ago now, doesn't it? Last Sunday night was the Grammys. And for those of us who were really eager to be there and enjoyed it so very, very much, I thought it was fun um, to see Joni Mitchell win another Grammy, her first performance at the Grammys. People don't understand the Grammys, first of all, were not that big a deal, and they didn't really invite the people in some of the categories like rock and roll or, like in her case, folk music. They were not considered to be performers that they were going to – that everyone would enjoy, okay? It was more, I don't know, Frank Sinatra kind of stuff, I guess. wasn't Frank Sinatra. Well, yeah, it was too, that kind of thing. But she said, talking about her career recently, she said, well, men wrote most of the songs for women when I started – that's my in, insertion, the when I started part. And they were mostly tales of seduction. I wrote my own songs, and that ended that. <laughs> and then that's true. That's why her music was so different. She was a poet who had been through some things, even as a young woman, and she had a lot to say. And when she wrote her songs, um, the, the best comment that I heard on after Sunday was a, a friend who said, it seemed like she would have had to have written that song now. In, instead of it being so old, you know, how insightful to understand how that was all going to work. Pretty fun stuff. Remember when you were pruning? You are the director. Sure as it's a music video, sure as anything else, you get the credit and you get the blame. That's why I'm here, and I'm the Garden Mama. Little downs, they keep coming around. Carry on, carry on. With darkness all about you want to scream and shout Carry on Carry on Don't cry baby Look at where you've been Everybody knows You just need a friend Please, please, please Go down on your knees Carry on Carry on Your head is full of doubt We are agriculture, the number one industry in Mississippi. We are 180,000 member families strong, a century of generations. We are grassroots Mississippi in all 82 counties. We are unified, the largest general farm organization in Mississippi. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work. Or in some cases, no work at all. Costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Hi, I'm Jade, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit is the savoriness of the sausage, the fluffiness of the egg, and the butteriness of the biscuit. It's amazing. The perfect start to my day. 
Hi everyone, it's Justin. A little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A sausage egg and cheese biscuit is the fluffy egg, the melted cheese, and the sizzling sausage. It's the start to your morning that you didn't know you need. Order a sausage egg and cheese biscuit and simply orange juice on the Chick-fil-A app. Real guests paid for their testimonials. So how do you know if you have hail damage? Not all roof damage can be spotted from the ground. Gallo here from experience. Believe me, you need a pro that you can trust to give you an honest assessment of your roof. There's no better team than Watkins Construction and Roofing. You can trust them to give you an honest evaluation. The Watkins team will answer your call 24-7 and give you a complimentary roof inspection and estimate. Plus, count on them to get back with you as fast as the next business day. Financing's available. Count on the pros. Watkins, 601-966-8233. Can't sleep with this cold. Honey. Honey? Honey. You need NyQuil Severe Honey. NyQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a dreamy honey taste. Feeling better, honey? Honey? I'll take that as a yes. Try NyQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu symptom relief. NyQuil Severe with honey flavor. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever. Honeylicious, best sleep with a cold. Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Are you the parent of a 2- to 7-year-old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now, you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award-winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now, we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month. But you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. If you don't see the rock, you better keep on rolling. Rapid Oil Change, offering big savings with hometown service since 1984. Let us earn your business. Routine maintenance complete on most makes and models in just a matter of minutes. We change oil, not schedules. No upfront appointments needed. Drive in and save big. Your hometown fast service leader. Rapid Oil Change, where you should be going. If you don't see the rock, you better keep on rolling. My thanks to Marshall and Terry for sending us pictures of the real rabbits. How beautiful is that bunny? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And yes, indeed, they are big garden helpers. They're they're literally busy making the fertilizer that you need for your garden. It's lovely. Just beautiful bunnies. Oh, they're so cute. Oh, my goodness. And no, I don't want a topiary bunny. It would be hard to resist a bunny bunny, but it, trust me, there's, it's not safe at my house. But what a beautiful bunch of bunnies. My goodness. Morning Glory's coming up for Mike. 
Um, Mike, I'm, I'm thinking March because of where you are. It's going to be warm enough, but I wouldn't plant them right now, and I would not start them outside of the soil unless you just have to. They they are much better sprouted, particularly if you can soak them overnight in warm warmish water and maybe even nick their coat, seed coat, just a little bit. I do that with a nail file, a metal nail file, but people do it with a knife or any any other things. We're just trying to make sure that the seed coat breaks promptly because that's what protects the seed and allows it to then go ahead and send out its roots and shoots. So that's I would wait until March to do that. I love that. Rain or shine, planting potatoes Wednesday. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> it's the perfect time of this. And a question, let's see. Blueberry varieties. I don't know if that link's going to work, Mark, but even if it doesn't, the you, you'll see where it's headed. Getting um, information from about Zone 8 from MSU Cares for which varieties of blueberries are currently preferred, and there are several that are my favorites. Um, I, I'm kind of... I'm a rabbit eye, but you need to have two rabbit eye varieties, and that, so that's one reason why some people don't care for them so much. But I really like Brightwell, I like Tiff Blue, and I like Powder Blue. Now, when you look at them, those are going to be older varieties than some that are available in the modern world. And yes, if you want to extend the season, you probably want to try some of the new ones because there's about 10 that are re- recommended for Zone 8. But um, the, the Centurion is the one that I'm interested in, but I haven't grown it, so I hate to. And, and Baldwin, they're both late ripening. And that, of course, means that they bloom a little bit later, which means that they have a little bit less chance of getting frozen when in, by, by a late freeze. But it doesn't always work, so I, I still like to go with the varieties that I know and have grown for quite some time. The high bush ones are really good. There's there that's particularly interesting for early ripening, and therefore are grown a whole lot more, say, south of Hattiesburg than they are. But but other places do grow them. They have names though, like um, Gulf Coast, <laughs> which tells you where that one's going to do very, very well, and Cape Fear, which is another one that is a coastal name, you know. But they're, those are real good, and I, I like very much. Um, I, have, I have eaten, I have not grown Reveille, but it's one of the ones that that is uh, particularly favorable for machine harvesting. So that's that's one way that you have access to. But there's a whole bunch of blueberry varieties, and this is a great time to be doing that project. So thank you for asking that question. I appreciate it. The, the list of, uh, of blackberries is a little bit shorter, but still there are two or three different ones. People are talking about thornless and not thornless. I'm going to plant the thornless blackberries if I'm going to grow blackberries at this particular point. The fruit are large. They're very sweet, and the bushes are so much easier to take care of. The thorns on blackberries are intended to keep you away from them, (laughs) and it does a pretty good job in many cases. So if we're trying to grow this great big thumb-sized blackberry, that's generally speaking going to be an opportunity for you to grow them in the thornless category and i like those very very much the story of choice today and i do always like to put one as my sort of top news it might not be the most exciting thing i found in the week but it was the most intriguing at least in this case what are we going to do ants are going to take over the world you understand insects are have a much better chance of taking over the world than anything else at this particular point maybe bacteria but probably insects because they can actually put the bacteria and the fungi to work and in this case it's another one 
where the leafcutter ants, our friends, the leafcutter ants, oh my goodness, the scientists are trying to figure out how the fungus works with them because the, the plant degrades, but the plant degrades at the molecular level. Y'all, that's just wild. And if we can make this, we, we don't like this happening in nature when it's going to degrade the plant that we're trying to grow. But if the leafcutter ant and the fungi can degrade the things we want them to degrade, if we can put them to work, if we can employ them, then perhaps we can have faster production of the material needed to produce biofuel. You understand that getting getting the plant materials to the state where they can be fuelized, if you'll excuse my word, is the hard part. It's not collecting the material. We have plenty of that. It's not using it. Once it's made, we that's fine. It works great. But the specialized community of microbes, of, of, of fungus and bacteria, as well as leafcutter ants, naturally degrades the plants and does, in fact, turn them into nutrients and other things that are surrounded by the organisms in the area and the ecosystem that they're living in. But if we can get those individual pieces and and understand them as they are doing in the Pacific Northwest National Laboratory of the Department of Energy, if we can do that, we will be in much better shape to, to repurpose things that are biofuel intended into their ultimate ending. Um, there, we have biofuels don't just grow in the ground. They grow in the ground, and then you have to process them, you know, just like anything else. And anything we can do to streamline those processes and therefore reduce the cost of the whole operation makes a whole lot of sense. I'm not a person. If you just happen to be driving through and you hear this woman say that, and your 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 headlights in your brain go off, I'm I'm not saying any one thing. I'm saying I, I'm that person that thinks we need to use everything. I'm the person that people hate on both ends of the spectrum because I think we should use all of it. <laughs> I really do. I think I want a, I still want a solar panel to run my greenhouse, okay? But I, I don't think my house is set, is suitable for a solar array on the roof. Maybe it is. I don't know. But anyway, so on the subject of these delicious blueberries, and because it's just so fascinating. Why would you study this? Well, because nobody has before. Why are blueberries so blue? What part of them is actually blue? How do they, how do you get blue, for heaven's sake? Teeny tiny, itty bitty, many, many, many little bitty external structures that are located in the wax coating of the blueberries, which we couldn't even see until recently, all right? It's where their blue color actually comes from. Now, a lot of fruits work this way. Dams and plums work this way. Um, um, juniper berries work this way. But it's not the same with everything. Working in science, reporting rather in science advances, they said this is blueberries are blue despite the dark red color of the pigments in the fruit skin. And you've, you've seen this when they're ripening at your house. They go from being red to being blue. And that's what we're looking for. That this particular thing, their, their blue color is actually provided by the layer of wax that forms. You don't put it there. It grows there. And that surrounds the fruit. Though that, that wax, because it's intended to protect the fruit, has the benefit, has the great quality and the ability to literally scatter the blue and UV light away from the fruit so that it doesn't move to desiccate it. It actually leaves it alone, lets it ripen. Well, that's really smart, isn't it? My goodness, we knew that we loved blueberries, and now we know how smart they are. I like it. We have a brand-new blue UV coating, actually, that we can now make out of that wax. 
it's pretty. <laughs> it, it seems. I mean, I know blueberry syrup is beautiful. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. You you may think I'm crazy. That's okay. Come back and come back after this because we got another hour of the Garden Mama show for you. Sammy the Shovel, reminding you how important it is to call 811 at least three working days before you dig anywhere in or around any homeowner's yard. It doesn't matter if you're putting in a new mailbox, installing a fence, French drain, sprinkler system, even a flower bed. You need to call 811 at least three working days before you dig, or you could end up responsible for a water line leak, utility line with gas or propane, or even worse, safety is in your hands. Call 811 every dig, every time. You dig? We have one voice, the voice of agriculture. We have one job, growing the products you need every day. We have one mission, fighting for agriculture and rural Mississippi. We have you in mind, caring for your private property rights. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. This is Shelby with Two Men in a Truck. At Two Men in a Truck, we've added a new service option to our brand, junk removal. Whether you're deep cleaning, renovating, or staging your home to sell, our Two Men in a Truck junk removal option is perfect to get the job done. Our professionally trained moving and junk removal teams will load and haul away your unwanted junk for you. Visit twomenandatruck.com to learn more and get a free junk removal quote. That's twomenandatruck.com. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Governor Tate Reeves and the U.S. Small Business Administration have announced that 29 counties have been added to the list of areas eligible for the Hub Zone program. Hub Zone standing for historically underutilized business zone. Janita Stewart with the SBA's Mississippi office explains. It's just a good thing for their Hub Zones all, all throughout this state, you know, in non-metropolitan or rural counties and census tracts, and of course the nation as well. But it, it's really to drive economic development. Development and to really bring up an area that needs some assistance. That, that's kind of really why the Hub Zone program is important. Applications are now open for Hub Zone certification at sba.gov. And plenty of events for Mardi Gras are going on across the Magnolia State this weekend. Find the full schedule of parades at supertalk.fm. I'm J.T. Mitchell. 
hundreds of thousands of Mississippians like me. Depend on public benefits for health care, food, and housing. To receive these benefits, I cannot have more than $2,000 in my name. With able, I can save for my future without losing my much-needed benefits. I couldn't plan on savings before, but now I am able. Visit MississippiAble.com to get started. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services. Lifeline Children's Services, the largest evangelical adoption and child welfare agency in the U.S., is partnering with the Mississippi Department of Child Protective Services to bring Care Portal to the communities of Madison, Hines, and Rankin Counties. Andrea Sanders with CPS discussed the benefits. Care Portal is a company that built out a sophisticated technology solution that takes needs and meets them with a response with, you know, it's it's like taking all the churches in Mississippi and pulling together exactly what they do best. Fourteen churches in the Tri-County area are already involved. You know, the example that I saw happen in Oklahoma was a grandmother needed a wheelchair ramp to keep a, a child who was in a wheelchair. And one church gave the supplies, one church sent a, a crew. Wow. So it... It's pretty amazing to watch it work. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. We have made the clubhouse turn and are headed down the back nine in Southeastern Conference basketball action. Mississippi State is at Missouri tonight. 7.30 is the tip-off. 7 o'clock is the airtime on the MSU Basketball Network. Ole Miss is off this Saturday, and their next game is Tuesday with Kentucky. Ole Miss is 5-5, overall. Mississippi State is four and six and fifteen and eight overall. The Missouri Tigers that Mississippi State played tonight is zero and ten in the conference, eight and fifteen overall. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles had a tough twenty-four hours this week, but pulled out a win over Old Dominion, seventy-eight to seventy-three. Our thoughts and prayers continue to be with head coach Jay Ladner, who suffered a heart-related medical emergency back on Tuesday. The Golden Eagles will stay at home and take on Western Michigan in the MACSPC Challenge today at 1 o'clock in Reed Green Coliseum. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Please do not use gas appliances for purposes for which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes. Never store flammable materials inside. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in keeping your home or business protected. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry safety standards to safeguard your family, your property, and the environment. Our dealers participate in the industry's best practices for propane usage and promote consumer safety education. Visit MSPropane.com. Energy for everyone. 
one propane. Super Bowl 58 will kick off tomorrow evening around 5.30 in Las Vegas. The Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers will face off in the Super Bowl. And the 49ers and the Chiefs have five players with the Mississippi ties in the game. Kansas City Chiefs have two former Mississippi State stars, Chris Jones and Willie Gay Jr. at defensive tackle. They also have Horn Lake Mississippi native Darius Harris at linebacker. For the San Francisco 49ers, Traverius Ward, a Macomb, Mississippi native, and Darrell Luda Jr., a Hattiesburg, Mississippi native, who played high school at Oak Grove High School. Kickoff at 5.30. It's a rematch of four years ago. The 49ers had a 20-10 lead, but wound up losing to the Chiefs 31-20. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. From the trees over your head to the lawn you hate to mow and everything green in between. Garden Mama's here to help you keep on growing. Still the empress of everything green. Here's your horticulture maven, Garden Mama Nellie Neal on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome into the Garden Mama Show. Thank you so much for being here. I don't care if you're here with me live on Saturday. I do like that the best, of course, because, you know, if I'm here, you should be here. But if you listen to the rebroadcast, if you've downloaded the podcast or gotten snatched a few days out of the archive, all of that is wonderful, and I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a gardener. Thank you for being a radio listener. All of those things are important to me, and I'm glad they're important to you. Amanda in Pike County has just sent us the wallpaper for the entire day. <laughs> now, not that my plants aren't attractive, but this is, she says, I bought an old farmhouse in Walthall County a few years back. There are remains of an old camellia garden here, are some that are blooming this weekend. They're spectacular. It's a beautiful collection. And I really am glad that you have taken care of them because I can even see that the leaves are intact. So that's beautiful. Here's the deal. Camellias can live. 50, 80, 100 years, as long as they're not disturbed, flooded, knocked over by a storm or bulldozed for some terrible reason. <clears throat> anyway, then all of those things are, are likely to happen to any shrub, but for some reason to me, when they happen to the queen of the winter garden like that, it, it makes me very, very sad. And so I really, these are beautiful. Thank you for sending those photos. Really lovely. Corinne. Oh, my goodness. This is such a good question, cause, and it's something that we don't really think about. She wants me to talk about the method of resting amaryllis bulbs because she says that she has, plast, in the past, has planted the bulbs out in the garden with relative success, you know, this or that, might come up, might be okay, might not, containers in the soil. So how do you rest them to get them ready for that process? It's real interesting. I, yesterday I was looking at um, someone's amaryllis that are in bloom now, and I thought, wonder why nobody thinks of that as a Valentine's Day present, because you can force amaryllis into this magnificent crown of flowers at this point, and they're just beautiful. But when they're finished flowering, you begin to slow down on the water, 
and then at the point where the whole stem begins to die back a little bit, you actually stop watering. And yes, then when they dry down, you cut them down, cut all that leaf matter off, and literally turn the pot sideways under the bench. And don't take it outside, but put it under the bench in your house or in a closet or in a corner or something. What you're trying to do, not a closet, but in, in, in out of the way somewhere. Because what you're trying to do is remember not to water it, first of all, and also give it the opportunity to go further dormant on its own. And it will do that more quickly if you let it rest. Now, in about three weeks after that, sometimes six, it depends on the variety and depends on the weather and depends on the year, I suppose, that amaryllis is going to begin to have a little bit of a green head at the center of the plant. That's the point where you bring it back out. If it was in the greenhouse, you you would pick it up off the floor and put it back up on the bench. Or if it's in your house, you take it out from under the shelf and put it back up on top of the bench. And that's when you begin watering and fertilizing again. That's the point where it can be transplanted successfully, or I would say most successfully, because you know it's going to grow. However, if the weather outside is not above 40 degrees at night consistently, it's not going to take as well. And it, so that's that may be the issue is that you may you may need to let it go ahead and grow a little bit more. And that's fine if it does. You can transplant an amaryllis with, you know, leaves on it as well as one that isn't isn't in leaf. But I wouldn't do it in flower. That's the the main thing. But the point being that you, you just need a little bit of time and a little bit of patience. And I think that that's the answer. If your soil is not too heavy and if the, the area is fairly bright, brightly lit, it doesn't have to be full sun, but it does need bright light. That those amaryllis should do pretty well. And, yeah, they do need some fertilizer once they're in the soil, but no more than any other of our um, of our bulbs, like crinums and things. You know, we fertilize them every so often, but not too often. It's a good question. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Pam's got gobblers in her yard, and she didn't intend that, but there they are. Uh, her, her yard joins the Corps of Engineers property, and it is in Sardis. It is viewed. These are just very cool, but I bet they were loud. <laughs> That's it's, It reminds me of the t- the first time that I had a train wake me up. I'd never had a train wake me up. You know, you, when you the first time you have turkeys wake you up, or or any kind of crowing and calling and carrying on, it gets your attention. That's for sure. This week, the I don't I don't know if they're grackles. I, I think they are. But anyway, smallish blackbirds have just been in a swarm in my area and the red-tailed hawks have been there too. So there's things happening, you know. It's it's winter hunting season back there. And that's that's not a bad thing at all. It's beautiful to watch. Just beautiful to watch. Well, I have solved a problem that I didn't realize I had and that I didn't want to solve. Is that okay? Is that a good thing? (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Have you ever, no, it's not that game. Have you ever gone and eaten, eaten soup at a restaurant and it tasted funny? Have you ever had, have you ever gone anywhere and eaten soup, eaten something, a brothy thing, and it was in a plastic container like a, a, a cafeteria cup and it, Tasted funny, had a little off to it, maybe sort of clovish, even in orange juice, that kind of thing. Well, they're the same thing. Here's what's happened. I, I, I thought it was me, but, you know, it's very seldom ever just one individual person. 
I, I am not intrigued with orange juice. Um, and, and I used to like orange juice. I still like some fresh squeezed orange juice a little bit, but it's just not my thing anymore, I guess. I, the clove odor has no, I have noted that. You open the bottle and it doesn't smell like orange. It has another off smell to it. What they have determined, and this is some serious folks at, at the, uh, universe, Technical University of Munich in Germany. The cause of this was all was previously unknown. Some batches would have it, some batches would not, even from the same, you know, orange juice batch, because it's all blended juice, you know, and they they couldn't figure out what had happened. What it turns out is that this is a substance. It is indeed um, the odorant five vinyl guayacol, and the reason that we know that it's there is because it is produced during the pasturation process of the juice itself. When the residues of a cleaning agent react with the natural orange juice under the influence of heat, this is why I see it as being the same thing as why the dishes taste the dishes cause the soup to taste funny in some restaurants because they've been washed with something that was in re- at really high heat because they want to sterilize those containers, but it also produces a, re- a residue in a plastic container, in a plastic bowl, or in a plastic situation that that doesn't shed off. And that's how come we have funny-tasting orange juice and weird-tasting soup. <laughs> that's, that's me. I decided that. But you can't really you – know, lots of people have experienced this, and many, many more people um, have, have turned away from orange juice in part because of the price, but not only that, in, in part because of just the way that it tastes is not what you were hoping for, not what you expected. I'm going to make this complaint out loud. I really wish that they would fix the text line so I don't have to do this all the time. <laughs> I know. Goodness. Andrea, you are so right. You have a note that says sweet peas. That's right. If we, if the, the ones we planted at Thanksgiving didn't make it, and a lot of them didn't, pretty cold weather in there on those young vines. But now it's time to plant them again at Valentine's Day. Really, we we can begin planting a lot of things, but – Things that we don't ordinarily grow in the later spring are really the the advantage at this point. And I'm thinking particularly of calendula. Calendula burns up in the heat, but it can be planted now. And it will, unless circumstances get really, really, really cold, it will do just fine. It's one of my favorites for planting at this time of the year. As As our friend Mark said last week, you can plant petunias now if it's a protected environment, and you will see petunias in the garden centers along with parsley and all the other things that, that you would expect to see in the winter plant rack. So that's lovely. Aw, how sweet. The Oh, this is great. Thanks, Leo. Um, watching, him, watching her on the Grammys reminded him that it, it when it came time to transfer from record to eight track to cassette to CD, his first album transfer started with Joni Mitchell. <laughs> a lot of people went through all of those steps. You understand, really b- wonderful music and something very much to be preserved. That's a great idea, super duper fun enough. Donald's in Oxford. Ooh, nice. Got some trees at the free giveaway in Oxford. Most are twelve or twenty four inches, twelve to twenty four inches tall. And four sawtooth oaks, two persimmons, one pear, one muscadine, and two red maples. 
he says uh, he's he wants he's thinking about putting them in pots for another year before transplanting. Should I go with a three gallon pot and what type of fertilizer? I would go with a one gallon pot, um, and I would I would use any kind of fertilizer that you like for for fertilizing trees anyway, just to mix into the soil that you're making. What you want mostly is to use soil that you're going to be planting them in, or something as close to that as possible. You can plant these really small trees. The biggest issue with planting them is usually that they get eaten or they get run over or they get, you know, somehow or another cut down because they're too small to to see. And if we can put them in an area where the whole area is fenced, that's fine. Or if you can put them in pots, but you don't need a three gallon pot. And you probably, you, 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 if we, if I, if I have my way, they're going to grow really well and you will begin to see roots come out the edge of them about next November. You know, you'll have so much root mass. But what you want to use is soil that they're going to be transplanted into. And then something like leaf mold or soil conditioner or something else that's a little bit looser than your native soil is likely to be. But you do want to use the native soil two-thirds and about one-third or one-quarter of some other organic matter to loosen it up a little bit. Work in some fertilizer, something that you like to use for trees anyway, and go ahead and grow them. I would not put them in the full sun. I would put them in light, but not full sun outdoors. And obviously if it's going to um, freeze really badly, you would want to heap up mulch, um, pine straw or something around the base and cover the pots. We're, we're not concerned about the tops, but we wouldn't want that soil to freeze around the base of the plant. Same thing, same reason we would mulch them if we planted them in the ground. But what a great, what a wonderful, wonderful um, collection. If I was going to grow them for two years, I would go to a three-gallon pot. But I don't, I don't believe that's necessary. That's really lovely, lovely group of trees, though. You know, we don't celebrate um, Arbor Day at the same time that the rest of the country does. Arbor Day and the rest of the country is like, I don't know, whatever, April or May or something. We celebrate in February because it's the best time to plant trees <laughs> and because we know that if we, we're able to, whether we're potting them up or whether we are planting them or whether we are transplanting them from one place to another, this is really the time that we can let those beautiful trees send out some roots first and then they'll, we'll ask them to begin their tops in, you know, six or eight weeks. So that's really good. That's wonderful stuff. Really, really pretty bunnies. And, and I'm not really nice. I'm, I did not know that a fluffle of wild rabbits was called a fluffle. I love that word. Thank you. And that picture was too cute. They were adorable, too. That was just adorable. I know y'all are tired of me talking about kelp forests, but I am fascinated by this. It seems to me that they are all but the canaries in the coal mine of our offshore ecosystem because the areas along the California coast, for example, where conditions have maintained in a fairly stable 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 way in the ecosystem are the ones that have survived and so they're the ones that are getting studied so that's the first point is that the ones that can survive are the ones that are in these areas that are least disturbed but also have particularly specific qualities to them so monterey bay aquarium is putting out new research to let us know about the denser more sheltered kelp forests have really been marked already as the most able to survive, the best able to cope with stresses, and frankly, the warming temperatures don't seem to bother them as much. This is a project of University of California, Santa Cruz, along with the the aquarium, 
it all started at least a decade ago. There were three different things that happened. Um, the marine heat wave happened. The sea stars died off. And the sea urchins multiplied incredibly. And all of that led to a tremendous reduction in the kelp off of the California coast. So these stressors are something that have to be measured and understood because the kelp forest is very important to feeding all of the wildlife that's in the ecosystem, okay? So they found that the larger stands prevented the shifts in the sea urchin foraging behavior and that these persistent forests were actually better at at withstanding the multiple stressors. So I think that's fascinating. Why is this interesting? Kelp is really important, not only to, you know, I mean, I realize it's important as a, a as for people, but it's really important for the ecosystem that we depend on for, for our ability to feed ourselves and, and to keep things diverse in the environment so that we're able to feed ourselves from it or we're able to grow the things we want to eat from it. It's just important for all of that to, to pay attention, I think. We've got a story this week, um, some some research from the University of Nebraska. Uh, I, I know that I have told you before, I will always look at cold areas in where they're going to take their research. <laughs> well, they want to take their research to the potential rice-growing areas in Africa. So they've, they've managed to find a pretty nice place. Can you imagine as much rice as people eat in Africa, it's, it's second only to Asia, apparently, for that particular preferred grain. At this point, Africa imports nearly 40% of its rice. That is unsustainable, and it is also foolhardy from an agriculture point of view. So they're working on trying to get this. Um, several different groups of people are working in the International Agricultural Research Excellence in Agronomy. If you don't know what agronomy is, agronomy is soil science. And frankly, if it had a better name, more people would study it (laughs) because it's a great field. It just doesn't float off the tongue so quickly as perhaps something else might. But I really love this notion. There's they, They can't really do better yield yet, so they have to improve. The more they have to improve the quality of the rice itself, the differentiation of it, and also find better ways to find out where it can grow and duplicate those conditions. I know it sounds so simple, doesn't it? Years and years and years of work, just like you in your own backyard saying, when is this fig tree going to make a fig? Oh, well, that one's gone. Hey, now, it's starting up out there. Y'all stick around. We'll be right back. Superior. It's more than a name. It's a promise that we make to our customers to provide you the highest quality U.S. farm-raised catfish at your favorite restaurant, your family reunion, or on your dinner table. Hey, this is Steve Azar, and I want to let you know that with Superior Catfish, you know the next bite is as good as the first, time after time. Made possible by your friends and neighbors here in Mississippi. Remember, there's catfish, then there is Superior Catfish. We are the people, Mississippians. We are the land, growing food, fiber, and timber. 
We're there when you need us. From the roof over your head to the food on your table. We are small town, but big moments. Your next door neighbors. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. The 59th Annual Dixie National Livestock Show and Rodeo presented by Southern Ag Credit now through February 18th at the Mississippi State Fairgrounds. 4-H and FFA youth from across the state are showcasing their swine, sheep, goats, and cattle in the junior roundup. Exhibitors of all ages travel from across the country to show a variety of livestock in our open shows. Find the full schedule at DixieNational.org. I'm Commissioner Andy Gibson, and I'll see y'all at the Dixie National. Hi, I'm Jade, and the little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit is the savoriness of the sausage, the fluffiness of the egg, and the butteriness of the biscuit. It's amazing. The perfect start to my day. Hi, everyone. It's Justin. A little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit is the fluffy egg, the melted cheese, and the sizzling sausage. It's the start to your morning that you didn't know you need. Order a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit and simply orange juice on the Chick-fil-A app. Real guests paid for their testimonials. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. We've sent that Rip Van Winkle guy to the dentist. Hey, what? Hey, what? And what's worse than a trip to the dentist? Your wife's paint project that you've put off. Let Seabrook Paint in Jackson and Ridgeland find that Benjamin Moore paint and a contractor that will get you back doing the important things in life, like grilling and watching sports. Seabrook, Benjamin Moore paint, and a happy wife, happy life. Seabrook Paint in Jackson on Monument and in Ridgeland on West Jackson. First down. Pizza's here. Oh, great. I'd love some, but I'm worried about my stomach issues. If you're worried about having diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools, it may not just be stomach issues. It could be a condition called exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. With EPI, the pancreas doesn't release enough enzymes to break down food, but EPI is manageable. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. Hi, I'm Josh Quick, the owner of Mid-South Cross Space Solutions, formerly known as Clean Space of Central Mississippi. Our name may have changed, but our expertise remains. An unhealthy crawl space can invite mold, bugs, and buckling floors. This affects not only your crawl space, but compromises the health of your entire home. Our Clean Space system will transform your crawl space into a dry, healthy, clean environment that will save you energy and money. No more moisture, no more mold, no more smells. Still doing free estimates at MSCrawlspace.com. trying to be too pointed about it, but you know, maybe the West Coast is going to win the Super Bowl. We'll see. Hmm. Okay. 
I've made my prediction. That's all there is to it. All right, now, I want to move on to something we haven't talked about here yet. I feel confident that somebody has mentioned this to you, and if they haven't, you're in for a treat. Have you seen the popcorn containers for the new Dune movie? For those of you science fiction folks, you you know what Dune is, okay? And Dune 2 is now in the theaters. And it has, or it's premiering shortly anyway. They have made one of those giant worm things that you're supposed to put your hand in and take the popcorn out of your popcorn holder at the, at the theater. I presume they charge extra for it. It's hideous. Now, first of all, if you don't know what the worm on Dune is, welcome to my world. Science fiction is part of my life, and Dune is one of the best. It is. Uh, it, it just goes on and on and on. It's literally a book that you can buy. The, 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 the Frank Herbert original Dune paperback was a book that you, by the time you got through reading it, you had aged two years. <laughs> Even if it hadn't, if that much time hadn't elapsed, it felt like it. <laughs> I'm a huge Dune original and Blade Runner original fan. Yeah, yeah. You got Kyle McLaughlin yeah, in yeah. the original. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but Tim- now, Timothy Chalamet is Chalamet doing a fine job. I'm interested job. to see how Zendaya. the number two, because they really tried to stick to script in one. Yes, yes. I was impressed. <laughs> I don't think they've done that. In yeah, two. they're, they're going to have to go off radar here. I think they've gone way off. But what I'm saying is I thought they really did stick to one very well, tried to honor it very well. They didn't go way off. It's a good story. And then two, I'm really curious to see what what they do. Exactly. Well, there's way too much marketing and way too much production and promotion around it. Although anything with Zendaya and and Timothy Chalamet in it is going to get a whole lot of attention. No offense to Kyle McLaughlin, but he was never that big. (laughs) We liked him, but he was not, you know. What is a secondary worm movie that is not nearly as... Is big. They oh, had dear. a franchise though, and Fred Ward played in Tremors. I was going to say Tremors Kevin too. Bacon yeah. is in that, you know, so yeah. that's another big worm movie. Oh, it's yeah. it, it, and and trust me, on a good day, you can find yourself fascinated by these people running around scaring themselves <laughs> with all of this. The reason for even talking about this this morning is not just because I love to think about going to see Dune. I'm tickled about that, but. Also because a team of scientists from um, Singapore. <clears throat> now, here's what, here's what editorial writers do, y'all. They find something in pop culture and they drop it into the scientific headline so that I will talk about it, <laughs> so that the world will talk about it, so that people will notice it. If you, if you ever see any references to, to the commercials that are coming up for tomorrow for the Super Bowl, for example, you're going to find out that it's all about Pete Davidson. And that, and, and that's people, they can insert him into anything <laughs> and it becomes funny. All right. That's just how that is. In this case, the term artificial worm gut goes directly to Dune, goes straight into that particular lore, but they have developed one. And here's what it does. In this case, it does not digest your popcorn. It digests the plastics in that are part of the global plastic pollution problem. If we can actually, if this can work, this would be one of those things that they would deploy to those huge things out in the ocean that are just the, the plastic islands that we humans have created over time. By feeding the worms plastic and cultivating the microbes then found in their guts, the researchers have demonstrated a new method to accelerate plastic biodegradation. Good grief. Can that be possible? Well, apparently it can be. Now, 
we, we have looked in the, the, the larvae of the darkling beetle, um, which is one of the superworms considered for nutritional value in, in terms of pet food. This is what we're talking about. It can survive on a diet of plastic. I, I know. Don't, just come with me now. Don't, don't, don't judge. Come with me. This particular beetle, real thing in the, in the environment out here in the world, this, this particular darkling beetle, which is commonly sold as pet food. You will see it that way in, in different stores and online, certainly. And indeed, it, they are known as the superworms in that regard for their nutritional value. However, they are able to survive on a diet of plastic because the gut contains bacteria capable of breaking down many common types of plastic. How phenomenal is this? You know, we truly did know. And now they've worked, they've been working on <laughs> trying to get them to eat faster, basically, is how this, which is kind of why another thing that makes you think about Dune, that if there has to be this magical thing, I'm not going to give away too much stuff, but if there has to be a magical thing, it has to have a purpose. And in this case, the magical thing's purpose is to it, removing the worm from the equation, they can develop it artificially. That's what allows them to do that. That's so smart. Human beings are so, so smart. We're, 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 we're lucky to be in this world, and we're, we're, we're very, very lucky that we have all of this opportunity to take a look at things. Oh, I don't know. You hear, when you go out in the garden at night, if you hear moths, and you think about, you know, nighttime pollination and whatnot and all how important these things are, you recognize how, what a big deal sound is and what a big deal they've they got to talk to each other, but they've also got to be able to understand their locations, that whole echolocation business like the bats do. The University of Bristol, our friends there have been busy again. They are working on the ultrasonic warning sounds, which are produced by moth wings. My goodness, that's a very particular thing, isn't it? And yet they understand that if they can learn that, they're going to have a much better, much, much better opportunity to have things make sense to them. They What they wanted to look at was the corrugated patch in the hind wings of the ermine moths because they actually do change their their, I guess it would be their echo, their their echolocation as they're going along. They wanted to try to understand how the corrugations in these back wings, these little timbles, how that can buckle and snap to create create these broadband clicks. I've never heard this, but now I want to. <laughs> now I'm tickled. I've got to go and listen to this. I really appreciate that this is all about, of course, understanding where they're plant of of search is what they've been looking for and also how to give themselves the opportunity to be avoided by other creatures and attracted by other moths of their kind they they lack hearing organs and so they don't even actually they, they feel it they don't hear it in the sense that you or i would hear it but what they do is they feel it and that kind of vibration in the in the world makes a big difference what we are also learning now is that there are problems uh, with things like the way things smell in, in, in reality is what attracts their pollinators. But if we have pollution levels that are tremendous that mask those, and we've done some, they've done some studies now at the University of Washington to basically filter out the, the, good, the good smells and the bad smells and figure out what the plants do in response. And sadly, what they are finding out that, that nighttime air pollution and 
by the way, it's not all car exhaust, although a lot of it is. But there are certain industries that will release their 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 whatever they've got to release in terms of air pollution at night. And that's part of what's being measured in this case. Nitrate radicals, the NO3s that are in the air, degrade the scent chemicals that are released by some common wildflowers. In this particular case, it's the pale evening primrose that they've been studying. And this nighttime pollution creates a chain of chemical reactions that degrades the scent cues. Now, all of this is is very logical and and very well-researched and makes a tremendous amount of sense. But it doesn't explain how come sometimes we have the best results alongside the roadside. So we need to, you know, that that pollution business is there in the daytime, too, and yet the flowers are doing fine. So we really do have to study both ends of this particular process, I think. Interestingly enough, though, what they were trying to do was to understand that wildflower, the primrose, which grows in grows here, but it, but it's in a, it has to be in a dry spot. They chose it because the white flowers of this plant really are attractive to a very diverse group of pollinators, and in that case, they were that that gave them the opportunity to see the difference in both nocturnal moths as well as the daytime pollinators that were likely to be there anyway. Pretty interesting stuff. I like it. Let's see. Um, no, I don't think they will. The question is using rock as decoration. These are um, these look like they are fitted together. And will the heat of the summer heat up the rocks too much for my plants that will be present? They'll be planted here. N- no, for two reasons. First of all, they're light colored, and that reflects sunlight, reflects heat. It will actually create more. Um, a, a, a more vibrant growing area than a dark border would, but it, it may be a little bit drier. It also gives you the opportunity to wet that side if it is in fact dry, because that will in turn give off a little bit more moisture in the air without making the plants wetter in the ground. So if you have dry air, you can use this kind of a surface that you're making your edges out of to give yourself the opportunity for an extra humidity boost or an extra cooling boost in the summertime if it's necessary. But mostly it's just going to be reflective, and so you will have brighter light there than you might have anticipated, and that may lead to different plant choices. Okay? But it's real pretty. I like it. I think it's going to be really very, very cool. Looking at uh, when is the best time, let's see, to put out strawberries. She bought some in Sardis. Hey, Pam. She bought some that are at a big box store. Go ahead and plant now if you've got them. You may you may need to throw a, a, a blanket over the top of them and protect them a little bit, but if they're bare root, they need to get into where you're going to grow them right away. And it's it, I understand they're out there. They're in a lot of places, so go ahead and do that. Um, do you plant the whole bulb or do you separate the cloves in garlic? In garlic, you separate the cloves, but you don't um, don't clean them off. You don't have to unwrap them. You can leave their paper covering around them. And some people do plant whole cloves. I mean, whole whole pods of garlic as opposed to individual cloves, but that just makes a whole bunch of stems, and usually it's not too successful. Um, and the garlic is generally speaking planted in the fall because we harvest it in the late spring. But if you have some that you had, you did not plant, or you know, as as happens sometimes, you look in the drawer where the garlic is and it's started to sprout, go ahead and plant it. You might get something out of it. At the very least, you will get some really spicy green, <laughs> green onion-looking things that will actually be garlic. So those are both fun. 
I did not know. <laughs> I know so little about chickens. For somebody that likes chickens a lot, and I do, I know very, very little about them. Oh, I wanted to, to tell you that at supertalk.tv, you're going to be seeing some pretty, pretty pictures, lovely plants that um, I'm still bringing forward, the ones that I was able to see in Mobile. You will see many of these things in your garden centers now and coming through the spring because these are plants that are available to all of them. I wanted to just quickly mention to you that variegation is about to win me over. And if you have been kind enough to listen to me for any length of time, you know that I usually say that I have problems with variegated plants because they all kind of look like they aren't quite right. And even when it's a very distinct pattern, unless it's something that I particularly like, for instance, shell ginger has green and yellow leaves that are very deeply striped and different all, all over them. There's one of them in one of the photos today at supertalk.tv. I love that plant. But that's one of the rare ones. Um, standing right behind it in the same shot is one of the yellow variegated hollies or um, it, it, I think it's a holly. It, it might be something else. There's a whole lot of those out there now. So if you like having that bright yellow in your evergreens, they're going to be there. It's going to give you some diversity in the color palette. But oh, my goodness. They still look a little odd to me. So I'm, I'm more, I'm more into, but I'm more into the, the strong patterns than I used to be. I just still have a little trouble with the other ones. <laughs> Thank you, Trey. <laughs> he's trying to start something. He's, he's trying to get me in trouble. I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> Tofu all day. Um, anyway, so the poultry folks, because I know so little about poultry. I think Arkansas is so fascinating. They 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 grow they they breed blueberries and and blackberries and and raspberries and they grow catfish and they do a whole bunch of things that we are very interested in here. But they are now mapping the avian visual tectifugal pathway using 3D reconstruction. What in the world does that mean? Well, it means they're trying to figure out how chickens see. Now, Okay, why? <laughs> why would we want to know this other than just basic curiosity? Part of this is to unravel this complexity that is indeed the bird brain. And it's a little one, but oh my goodness, it's a straightforward procedure and it's not expensive. And they now are understanding about chicken vision. I see a cartoon in our future where the chicken sees better than the people, and I don't doubt that it's going to happen, my friends. For those of you who did ask me before when I played this the last time, this is, in fact, It's a Beautiful Day. David LaFlamme on violin and some fascinating folks from San Francisco, a little more West Coast today here on the Garden Mama Show. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. 
For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. See how Mississippi conquered the world with the guitar. February 10th through May 11th, the America at the Crossroads exhibit brings 40 amazing guitars to the max in downtown Meridian, featuring instruments that Mississippi bluesmen like Robert Johnson and B.B. King made famous. See how the blues became rock and roll and how Mississippi shaped America's music six strings at a time. Rock on at the max, the Mississippi arts and entertainment experience. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? (sighs) Green. The new degree of comfort. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. At Key Constructors, our mission is to build a legacy that will stand the test of time through hard work, dedication, and pursuing excellence. Key Constructors is a heavy civil construction company, a leader in the bridge construction world. Our goal is to provide a positive work environment for you to grow personally and in your career. We are proud of who we are and what we do, making it happen one bridge at a time. Come join our team of Black Label Bridge Builders. Check out Key Constructors on Facebook and other social media platforms and keyconstructors.com. At Progressive, we love sports and saving you money, so we bundled them together. The final horse now in the gate, and they're off. They're starting off with a double toe loop jump, leaving a difficult 7-10 split. As this movement on the inside rail, only nine pins separate them now as they head to the final quarter mile. They're neck and neck. It's down to the last frame. Here comes the actual jump. They bundled their home and auto insurance with Progressive. Win, strike, savings, gold. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Not available in all states or situations. Kelly Blue Book is the one-stop shop for pricing, fixing, selling, and instant cash offering. Instant cash offer is exactly what it sounds like. An official offer to buy or trade your car. Just enter your VIN or license plate. Answer a few questions about your car's history and what kind of condition it's in. In minutes, you'll receive an offer to sell or trade your car that you can be sure is fair. Then choose a dealer to purchase your car and schedule a time to meet. For all of the it's, kbb.com.
No, I didn't pick the West Coast team because there's so little good Kansas City music. There's great Kansas City music. It's all the blues. And we're having a rock and roll morning here celebrating West Coast. Because yeah, I'm 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 a happy person to pull for the Niners today since Tell you the truth, I don't really care. I like the commercials. I like the party. I like the people that are interested in it. It's all more fun to me than who wins in this case. It's my teams. That's another story entirely. We have been thinking all of our lives that fish just swim around, have this great life, you know. Well, turns out they may be accountants. <laughs> this is so crazy. Studies coming into us from the Okinawa Institute of Science and Technology They are actually much more cognizant, apparently, than we've been giving them credit for, which, of course, adds to my notion that if not the insects, it will be the sea creatures that take over the earth, maybe both of them. But the sea creatures apparently are doing more than we thought they were. In fact, they've been looking at – now, don't be – don't laugh. This really is a a fish, the clown anemone fish. It's not a clown. It's not an anemone. It is a fish. (laughs) Okay. But that's its name. Um, Amphiphrion ocellaris. This is a species of the, uh, you know, Finding Nemo, that little critter. That's that one. Okay. Now, they react to the intruders in because they live in the sea anemones. That's why they're called that. What they have discovered is that the fish recognize different anemone fish species and therefore presumably which ones will be more helpful and hopeful for them in terms of making their home there based on the number of white bars on the body of the anemone fish. What? Yes, that's right. Um, Based on the the, the sea anemone has, they have to really look at this in the sea anemone, the fish has to find those bars. That's what they look for. They're counting. We've talked about this whole notion of animals counting and that we humans are fairly full of ourselves to think that nothing else understands numbers but us. But, you know, it seems like nothing else would understand numbers but us. Well, except for the fact that everything multiplies in perfect progression in terms of a plant growth and that, yes, indeed, animals do find the right anemone to live in in the case of this particular clownfish. So they conducted two sets of experiences um, when when they <laughs> – they do have – there's a lot of protection going on here. They're not just protecting the anemone, but they are protecting the other clownfish, and that's their friends. There's an alpha clownfish in each of the colonies. You wouldn't have thought that, would you? If you only watched Finding Nemo, you'd kind of think they were all a little bit goofy. But in this case, there is one. That one will attack others that are not of their group that come in and try to get into this one with the right number of white bars for their particular family. It's really interesting. They, they allow different species. You know, they're very gracious. They're hospitable. That, that you know, other things can come into the, to the sea anemone. But if it's one of their own that is not a member of the colony, it's a different story. It's kind of one of those, you know, it's like, okay, we can we can let the, the, the little ducklings walk through here, you know, but we're not going to come over here and do this other thing. If you, if you come in here with your other clownfish, that's going to be a problem. I think that's so interesting. Also, the, the colony usually is one alpha female, one beta male, and several gamma juveniles. In other words, um, female-centered in terms of the alpha, who's going to fight off the others, but who's going to gather the fish, gather the food, rather, for the fish is the, the social position goes very directly to a very slight difference in their sizes. They get their third and final stripe, do the anemone fish themselves, 
when they metamorphosize into an adult. And that is why the current alpha uses harsh methods to uphold the status quo. They chase out anybody that, you know, it's kind of like the angry beavers who are angry because their parents threw them out and made them go start their own place. Well, that's what they do here. The alpha, in this case, will throw out the the juveniles that get too large to live in the colony successfully. They've got to go count their own bands and find another house. That's kind of strange, too. And yet, I think that's really the way most colonies work. We don't really have an opportunity to study them as closely as they have done this one. Pretty great stuff. I think we need a new movie, too, by the way. I think we only saw a little piece of Nemo's life. We could see a whole lot more if we went ahead and studied some of this other stuff, really the basic pieces of it. I love a headline that says something that I didn't know and also something that is really too obvious to even state. The University of Copenhagen has a new study out. Asparagus and orchids are more similar than you think. And no, that's not just the translation. It's because what they're studying is at the basic level. This goes directly to what I want to say about the world today. If you are, I don't care if you're celebrating Lunar New Year or if you're waiting for the Super Bowl to even wake up and be interested in any of this, or if you've got a Valentine that you wish you could think of something to do for, or maybe you're still hanging out at Mardi Gras, you know, you just got in the car to listen to the show for a minute from either the parades on the coast or in the central part of Mississippi or somewhere else, all of those things. We have to get back down to the basic level to understand how similar we all are, how much we have in common, how deeply we are, in fact, all made of the same cells, and how important that is to our understanding of how to take care of ourselves, our families, our colonies, if you will, and also our planet. By studying plant cell walls, all right? That's the skeleton, all right. If you if you if you make an analogy like that, I, I, you have bones. We, we all have bones in humans in, in human skeletons. The cell wall is that to the to the cell's contents. We reveal that the composition of leaves and stems actually are constructed and actually come from the same pieces of the cell wall. As they differentiate, we obviously get a different thing to look at. But what is so cool is that flowering plants have managed to adapt to the harshest conditions, the most unwelcoming, but in part because of their cell walls. And this is where we're looking at the orchids that are so much more similar. The asparagus have been able to survive in the same way because their cell walls are so strong. They can send that little tiny tip of a plant up through the earth where you wouldn't think that would be possible, but they're actually missiles. They're so strong. And the same thing is true of the flowers on an orchid. In order for those things to finally pop out, I would add to this the waxy coatings on a blueberry. Okay, You don't get that unless the cell walls are as strong as they need to be and do the work that they need to do. We certainly understand that our, our we, we need these plants But our understanding of actually how they work is kind of limited. So they've gone and studied 287, I love that specific of a number, different plant species. They investigated the connection between the plant carbohydrates and the way the cell walls form and the way that the habitat influences those things. And what they found was when the challenge is greater, the cell walls are stronger And the multiplication of them and their ability to promote the plant either into the flower of the orchid or into the spear of the asparagus is stronger and more likely to happen. There is a a principle in the world of sociology that is called creative tension. 
And it means that if everything is going along just super fine within a group, you know, within the, the world itself, it's okay, that's fine, but nothing exciting really happens, nothing really gets solved, nothing actually occurs until there is a stress or, or until there is a, client, a, a problem that needs to be solved. That's what we do every day in the garden. And I hope you continue to do that in your, your daily life and come back around here next week. We're going to do this some more then. This is the Garden Mama Show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Lance, for getting up today. Appreciate you. We'll be back next week. The Garden Mama Show is a production of Super Talk Mississippi Media. Download past episodes at supertalk.fm and contact Garden Mama anytime at mamaonair at yahoo.com. Thanks for choosing the Garden Mama Show. I'm Sammy the Shovel, reminding you how important it is to call 811 at least three working days before you dig anywhere in or around any homeowner's yard. It doesn't matter if you're putting in a new mailbox, installing a fence, French drain, sprinkler system, even a flower bed. You need to call 811 at least three working days before you dig, or you could end up responsible for a water line leak, utility line with gas or propane, or even worse, safety is in your hands. Call 811 every dig, every time. You dig? Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. Don't see the rock, you better keep on rolling. Rapid Oil Change, offering big savings with hometown service since 1984. Let us earn your business. Routine maintenance complete on most makes and models in just a matter of minutes. We change oil, not schedules. No upfront appointments needed. Drive in and save big. Your hometown fast service leader. Rapid Oil Change, where you should be going. If you don't see the rock, you better keep on rolling. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.